Welcome. This is Raul Lowry Contreras, and this is the Contreras Report and Hispanic View of the USA. Lots of things happened in the past few days that I'd like to catch you up on. For example, the other day at a special election in North Los Angeles County and part of Ventura County, a Mexican-American named Mike Garcia pulled off uh, what some people think was a political miracle and defeated a Democratic state assemblywoman in the special election to replace a Democratic woman who was elected in the sweep of 2018, who got caught up in a sexual scandal with uh, one of her staff members, a man uh, on her staff. uh, And uh, so she was apparently texting uh, nude pictures of herself to uh, other people. Anyway, the scandal broke. Uh, She resigned from the seat, which had been in Republican hands for many years, by a Republican named Steve Knight. He was defeated by Mike Garcia in the primary that was held for this particular office. And Mike Garcia, a former Navy pilot, the son of a Mexican immigrant, is now congressman from the 27th District of California, Republican. And it's the first time since 1998 that a Republican has won a seat that was held by a Democrat. So, good news. That's good news for for President Trump because he endorsed Mike Garcia, which is interesting because we all know that Mexicans are not his favorite people. But Garcia beats Smith. That's an unusual sentence. A Garcia beats A Smith. Well, that's not the only thing that's political. What we have is a situation where the House of Representatives, uh, about 48 hours ago, passed a bill that's a $3 trillion uh, coronavirus recovery bill that, among other things, uh, uh, protects sanctuary cities from uh, retribution by the federal government if they do something the federal government doesn't like with regards to immigration. And it also names uh, uh, essential workers that don't have Social Security cards eligible if they have a temporary identification number, T-I-N, to file income taxes with. It extends benefits that are restricted only for Social Security or people with Social Security numbers and now extends those benefits to people with the T, as in Tom, I-N the temporary identification number that the IRS uses or gives to people who ask for them that don't have Social Security numbers who want to file income tax 1040 form, okay? So they're taxpayers. And that's what's very interesting because the President of the United States last week named farm workers to be essential, quote-unquote essential. Then... The other day, the House passes the HEROES Act, the trillion, $3 trillion program that provides, quote, temporary protection for essential, critical infrastructure workers, unquote. What that does, if it ever becomes law, it gives protection, temporary protection, to illegal border crossers who are working in our field. Farm workers are essential workers. This law, if it becomes a law, protects essential workers from 
deportation, at least temporarily, and extends benefits to them as well. Now, why is this important? Because the Trump administration is continuing a program starting years ago called the National Farm Workers Agri- the National Agricultural Workers Survey. National Agricultural Workers Survey, NAWS, N-A-W-S. Every two years, it counts farm workers nationally, so we know how many farm workers there are. And it also classifies them not only as farm workers, but what they, where they live and whether they're here legally. On average, since this program started a couple decades ago, on average, 50% of all farm workers in the United States are tagged as being here undocumented or illegally or illegal workers. Okay? Please understand. Half of all farm workers in the United States are here illegally. In California, that might be as high as 90%. We don't know for sure. Now, the reason I bring this up is because that's interesting that the president has declared farm workers knowing full well that half of them are illegal. Because it's a federal survey. Somebody had to whisper in his ear, half these people are here illegally. That being the case, he declares them essential. And then Congress, the House of Representatives, immediately steps up and names these essential workers to be, have temporary protection from deportation, at least during the national emergency. Now, the reason that's important is because there's a gentleman named Thomas Homan. He's a retired, <clears throat> he was the act, former acting director of ICE, the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Department. And he had, allegedly was nominated to be the full-time Senate-confirmed director but he withdrew because uh, he said he wanted to, whatever it is, in 34 years of, of retirement, uh, of work before he retired. But the real reason is that the Senate would never confirm this man. He's against the HEROES Act because it enables some undocumented to collect benefits currently available only to citizens. He's got 34 years of law enforcement. He was a former police officer and then went into the Border Patrol and worked his way up. But I've got to say that this man is not a credit to the profession of law enforcement. I ought to know. I come from a family of law enforcement officers. I was nine years old when my mother married my stepfather, a San Diego police officer. I have two brothers that are both retired police officers. One of them made lieutenant. And uh, the other one was a deputy sheriff. So I know the profession, and I know who's in it. This guy, Thomas Holman, is not a credit to the law enforcement profession. Why? Because he makes really stupid statements. And that's why he's not director of ICE. There's no way he could get 51 senators to work for him because he says such stupid things. He would not have been confirmed by the Senate. Example. President Trump declares farm workers essential. Congress, or at least the House, passes a bill that protects illegally present people from deportation during the duration of the presidential declaration of emergency if they are essential workers. And this guy criticizes the bill. He says Nancy Pelosi has lost her mind. 
No one is above the law. Does this guy even understand that the President of the United States has named these guys essential? And then the House has said that essential workers deserve and should get at least temporary protection from deportation? He doesn't seem to understand that. I, I grant that it's an oxymoronic situation that even Trump is playing along with the, the, the game. But if we want our food supply to be in working order, and we want it to be safe, we have to, we have to do what the House and the President are doing, and that is maybe not working together, but providing protection for these guys who are out there 12, 14 hours a day picking our food and preparing it for us to have it on our dinner table. Another political note. This year, 2020, there is a record number of women running for Congress. 490 people so far. Now, there are still some primaries and some uh, 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 filing times, you know, for filing papers to run between now and August. So we don't know the final exact number, uh, what it's going to be. But of the 490 so far, 195 are Republican women. Now, this is a new Republican record, and it beats the 2010 record that was set by 133 Republican women that ran that year, 2010, uh, uh, during the Tea Party time. So far, 233 have announced, but like I said, there's still some primaries and some uh, paper filing time to uh, between now and August, so we don't know what the exact number will be. But for sure, uh, it's very possible that a record number of women could be elected to the Congress here in 2020. If you listen to issue 102, you heard me mention the Huawei sanctions against the Chinese company Huawei, which is spelled H-U-A-W-E-I. It's an electronic company uh, that makes uh, uh, component parts for the new 5G system. And uh, China says that because the United States has imposed some more sanctions on Huawei, which the United States says is a puppet company that can easily spy on Americans through this new communication system, and we're not tolerating it, so we're sanctioning and we're making them outlaw, an outlaw company. China says it will take all necessary measures to protect Huawei's rights and interests. The new rules imposed by the United States government, by the Trump administration, is that any foreign semiconductor makers, no matter where they are, who use American technology that's licensed to them, must get a U.S. license from the Department of Commerce to ship any American-designed slash licensed semiconductors to Huawei. Well, considering that up to now, a lot of component parts in Huawei's uh, production line were American parts or American-designed parts, uh, this is a huge blow. Now, remember, the reason that all these sanctions are even occurring is because the United States government is convinced that Huawei 
is a puppet company of the Chinese Communist Party and government, and that it is capable of spying on anybody who uses its equipment. Consider that the United Kingdom has had contracts with Huawei now for two or three years to build out their 5G system, which means that because we're connected with the UK as far as intelligence gathering and NATO and all that national defense stuff, that the, the Chinese could easily tap in to our secrets when we share them with the United Kingdom. So, sanctions it is. We must not allow the Chinese government to get their technical fingers into systems of our allies or our own communication system. It must be stopped. Now, the Chinese Commerce Ministry says that that U.S. restrictions will uh, break the security of the, quote, global industrial and supply chains, and that they're very concerned about that. And it says that the, the Chinese, a Chinese state-run newspaper, cited an unnamed source that the Chinese government will retaliate by starting investigations and imposing restrictions against U.S. companies like Apple, Cisco Systems, and Qualcomm. Well, I don't know about Cisco and Qualcomm. Qualcomm, by the way, is a San Diego company where I am. Uh, the, uh, but Apple has a lot, does a lot of manufacturing in China. And if they start fooling around with Apple, Apple will pull out, I'm sure. And they, if they would be uh, perfectly entitled to pull out of China. I don't know if the Chinese industrial society could stand losing Apple. I don't know. Here is a story that I like to talk about because it, it has a deeply, a very profound effect on how we live as Americans. I'm sure you've heard of the Little Sisters of the Poor, the Roman Catholic uh, group of nuns. They've been around for a long time and they work with the poor and uh, uh, they're in court again, again, because of abortion, again. And this time, they're up before the Supreme Court, and the question is, can they refuse to provide abortion uh, pills or whatever, uh, or devices, to people on their health insurance, in their health insurance system? Because the Little Sisters of the Poor do not believe in abortion or anything that has to do with it, that it's a matter of faith. The government under Barack Obama passed Obamacare, as we know it, and part of Obamacare forces companies or insurance providers, like in this case, the, the nuns, to provide women with, health, or with birth control devices or pills as part of the health insurance coverage. The sisters of the poor say no. They don't want to do that. Obama's administration called birth control preventative care. HHS, Health and Human Services, did not, under Barack Obama, did not exempt 
the Little Sisters of the Poor through the Religious Freedom and Restoration Act, which was also passed around the same time, which forbids federal law from imposing, quote, substantial burden on religious exercise unless it uses less restrictive means. Obama was heavy-handed. Little Sisters sued. The case wound up in the Supreme Court of the United States in 2016, and the court ordered the government to work out a deal with the Little Sisters of the Poor. The case was Zubik versus Burwell. In this case, the state of Pennsylvania, well, the state of Pennsylvania sued the Little Sisters of the Poor because single women were denied birth control by the little birth control devices by the Little Sisters of the Poor. The Trump administration expanded rules to of the that came from this uh, from uh, the Religious Freedom Act to include the Little Sisters of the Poor. Pennsylvania and New Jersey sued, claiming the RFRA Religious Freedom Restoration Act does not cover Little Sisters because uh, with the rules because they do not substantially burden religious exercise. Now, what will the court say? We don't know what they'll say. But some people say that it, they should not approve of something they do not believe in because of faith, and that they should actually win the lawsuit. It's you know it's a little technical, but the fact of the matter is that the the basis for this whole thing is the little sister of the poor says you can't force us to do something against our faith. It's just that simple. And where Pennsylvania and New Jersey, both run, both states run by Democrats, are saying is you have to do it because we tell you you have to do it. It's part of Obamacare. And uh, they believe in birth control and abortion, and the Little Sisters of the Poor do not. Who should win? I think the Little Sisters of the Poor should win. But of course, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Now, there's another problem going on right now because of this coronavirus thing, and Congressman Laney Gooden of Texas has introduced a bill saying that we shouldn't allow any foreign workers into the United States because so many millions of Americans are unemployed because of the coronavirus pandemic. Every job should be open only to Americans. Employers want foreigners so they can pay less than pay them less than they pay Americans, is what the congressman and people that think like him think. That's not true in many, many cases. It might be true in some cases, but there is a federal minimum wage. If they get paid the federal minimum wage or more, what difference is there? Now, a million immigrants a year allowed into the United States every year, at least up up until Trump. And so there might be something to be said if there were no jobs being created at any given time. But every given time, you could look this up, Google, jobs lost a month per month. And on average, before this coronavirus thing hit, on average, 5,000 jobs were uh, either created or empty on any given month and or lost. And that happens, it's happened for years. Now, on April 22nd, Trump announced 
the postponement of any new green card. Trump excluded guest worker programs from that uh, announcement. Now, one of the problems that, uh, one of the programs is the EB, that's Echo Bravo Dash 5 program. That gives a green card to foreigners who invest $1.8 million in American business. The Congress says this is not the way the greatest nation in the world should be accepted, be uh, accepting immigrants. And what Gooden doesn't say is that most of these EB-5 users are Chinese. So it's just another trick to end immigration into the United States. And it's picking on, in this particular case, on Chinese. Uh, but that's not new. The Chinese Exclusion Act, which was the first targeted racist immigration law that was passed by the United States, excluded Chinese from becoming United States citizens. They couldn't even apply. They could come here and they could work here and they could live here, but they couldn't ever become citizens. That was what the Wong Kingdom Ark case was about in 1898. The son of Chinese parents who were here legally, working in San Francisco, had this boy, Wong Kim Ark, and he took a trip, and as an adult, he took a trip to China to visit relatives, and came back, and he was refused entry into the United States because they said he didn't have an American passport, which he said he did, and he that because he was a citizen, that's how he was able to get his passport. The government guy in San Francisco refused to let him in. So the lawsuit ensued, and Wong Kim Ark was uh, the subject of the first and only real case about the 14th Amendment, which says that all persons born or naturalized in the United States are citizens and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that part of it is blah, blah, blah. But uh, the Supreme Court, in the Wong Kim Ark case in 1898, said if you're born in the United States, with only three exceptions, you are a U.S. citizen. The three exceptions are the children of foreign diplomats, children born on a foreign flagged vessel, or Indians not taxed. Well, all Indians were made citizens in 1924, and starting in 1924, and some it took until the 1950s for whatever reason. But uh, they're all citizens, and their children are recognized as natural-born citizens as well. And so this congressman is picking on Chinese, but if you're willing to put a million, eight, 1.8 million into a business in the United States, I'll be, I'm happy to give you a green card. I really am. Because that 1.8 will create at least, uh, what, four or five jobs if, it, if, you, if it's a startup, uh, three or four jobs if it's a going concern. But it's investing in America. And there's a reason why people want to, come to America, even if they're rich Chinese, and that's because America is America. One of the, one of the, um, uh, the, the bill, the Heroes Act that was passed by the House, uh, there were uh, some last-minute amendments, and one of those amendments was uh, put up by Republicans to keep anyone 
uh, in the United States illegally from getting any benefits whatsoever, whatsoever from um, uh, the money that's being passed around because of the coronas, coronavirus uh, epidemic. And uh, it was beaten back only by six votes, but it was beaten back. But I'm just wondering, you know, do these Republicans ever, ever think? Remember, if you don't know this, I'm a lifelong Republican. Been so since I was in the seventh grade, and I wore an I like a Ike button to school and had to brawl with the teacher uh, in the principal's office over my right to wear an I like Ike uh, presidential campaign button. I won that argument. Uh, Mrs. Alexander can go vote for Adelaide Stevenson all she wants to until eternity, for all I care. I had the right to wear my Eisenhower button, and uh, I started in the 12th grade. I've been a Republican ever since. But I have to wonder what is wrong with Republicans when they constantly, constantly spend all their time voting against immigrants. How stupid can they be when everybody in this country is descended from an immigrant? Well, the other special election that occurred the other day, the same day that Mike Garcia won the congressional seat up in Los Angeles County, was in Wisconsin, where a Republican won the special election there uh, that took uh, Sean uh, Duffy's place. Uh, Congressman Sean Duffy uh, resigned uh, because his uh, newborn baby was uh, had a lot of health problems. But I noticed he signed on as a lobbyist with the K Street lobby people. So, uh, Tom Tiffany, congratulations. You won that seat, and we'll probably hold it for a long time because it's been Republican hands for a long, long time. Now, we come uh, to Congressman Steve King of Iowa. Uh, he represents the 4th District of Iowa, and Steve King is a total moron. Okay? Now, the other day, he said that Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader of the House, had told him that King would be able to get back on committees that he was banned from last year. Congressional committees. The man doesn't belong to a single committee because he was yanked out of them by the Republican leadership. Why? Because he wondered in the New York in the, a New York Times uh, interview why the terms white supremacist and white nationalist and Western civilization had become offensive words. Well, that's because he has a long history of making stupid racist statements. And in this case, he got caught in a lie because Kevin McCarthy, the congressman from Bakersfield, who was the minority leader of the House, he would be speaker if the Republicans were in the majority, I said, I didn't tell him that. The committee will decide. But I didn't tell him that he would be exonerated and that he would be allowed to get back on committees when we come back from recess. No. In fact, Representative Steve Stivers, who was head of the Republican Congressional Campaign Committee, said, as long as I am a member of the Republican Steering Committee, I will not allow that type of person or type of ideology to influence the legislation passed by Congress. He will not be serving on any committee. 
Steve King does more to hurt Republican and conservative causes than help. Period. Now, the primary is coming up, and uh, there is a candidate running against him. His name is uh, Randy Freeze. Randy Freeze. And he is uh, still running behind as of the last polling, but the uh, primary is now for a few more weeks. And uh, during this last uh, campaign cycle, uh, the, the challenger... Uh, The challenger raised $850,000 and he has $400,000 in the bank to spend on these last three weeks or four weeks of the of the campaign. And uh, fundraising dried up for Mr. King and he has only $26,000 left in cash to spend for the last part of the campaign. Now, one of his big supporters was quoted in the, uh, the article that I, that I saw. His name is Tom Tancredo, who was a congressman from Colorado for about 10 years. He was such a bad congressman and a flaming racist that then-Congressman Darrell Issa, who's running again for Congress this year, will be elected. Darrell Issa demanded that Tom Tancredo be expelled from the Republican Party, and he labeled Tancredo a racist. Repeat, Daryl Issa, a conservative Republican congressman, called Tom Tancredo a racist because Tancredo showed anyone that was paying attention that he not only disapproved of illegal entrance into the United States, but if they were Mexican, he especially disapproved of them because he hated them. He never said anything good about Mexican immigrants of any sort. He has never acknowledged that illegal aliens as we know them today in the United States were started as a movement by Italians sneaking into the country after 1924. They were the original illegal aliens. It was Steve King who said he wondered why white supremacists, white nationalists, and Western civilization were terms that were offensive. He stated, among other things, quote, half the world's population is a product of rape, unquote. So that means that half, according to Steve King, half of you listening to this broadcast uh, were products of rape. I'm in the other half. <laughs> so anyway, so McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy says, no way that uh, this guy's going to get back on a committee and a member of the steering committee says, no way. And yet uh, uh, here he is still uh, opening up his mouth and saying dumb things. And people, Republicans are afraid that if a bunch of anti-supremacist, anti-racist types show up to vote against Steve King, might they not also vote against United States Senator Joni Ernst in Iowa? So Republicans are a little upset. Karl Rove has donated to uh, Randy Feenstra's campaign, and he thinks that uh, Feenstra can, can beat King. And uh, we would hope so with $430,000 in the bank for the last three weeks that he can. 
Now, another reason, and I brought up Tom Tancredo because he's supporting Steve King, but the other reason is uh, I really, really despised Tom Tancredo, not because he hates Mexicans, not because he was a liar about so many things, including about his grandfather. He said that his grandfather uh, prohibited anybody from speaking Italian. The grand, the grandfather was the immigrant. He said, and Tom Tancredo said that his grandfather prohibited anyone from speaking Italian in his house. Well, that has to be a lie, because they're not an Italian immigrant in the world that would prohibit his children from speaking Italian, or his wife. Probably his wife didn't even speak English at the time. But Tom Tancredo evaded the draft. He dodged the draft during the Vietnam War by claiming he was mentally ill. He claimed he was mentally ill. And that's why he could not serve peeling potatoes in the United States Army. Tom Tancredo and Steve King deserve each other. And I hope that King is retired just like Tancredo is retired. Okay. Well, uh, we've covered most of the, of the news, so I think we'll leave it there. And we'll come back in a few days with another issue of the Contreras Report and Hispanic View of the United States of America. Thank you for being there.